God bless everybody this Wednesday. Good to see everybody. Good to have everybody here. Yeah, man, that's my bookmarkers, man. Uh, an expensive bookmarker. Actually, this is for John Boy. Where's he at? Oh, he left already. Where's he at? I'm right here. <laughs> this is for some fruit bags, man. All right. Praise God. Well, God bless you, those of you that are uh, here tonight. God bless those of you that are watching us um, on this uh, broadcast, or I guess you say podcast. I'm sorry. Podcast. I still got a habit of saying broadcast and all kinds of TV stuff. But uh, thank you for getting on to this podcast, whether you're watching, whether you're listening. Uh, you know, Pastor Kerry, uh, God's done a lot of miracles, and, and we've seen that um, sometimes these programs get into the um, hearts and the ears of prisoners. In fact, we've had a, a couple of prisoners that, that were watching it, uh, and that's why they started coming here. Uh, Brother Fabio is one of them who helped us out last week. And, uh, man, it's, it's, it's awesome what God is doing. And so there's a lot of power in what's going on over the air. And praise God, it's the Word of God. And those are the ones we know. That's right. The ones, ones we, we know. know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we want to send a warm welcome out to everybody in Pecos, Texas. Uh, I understand there's a, a big uh, uh, watch party following and, and things like that in Pecos, Texas, where a lot of people are... Uh, watching and listening, and we thank you for tuning in. Uh, appreciate everybody uh, out in Pecos, Texas, and we hope that one day we'll be able to, to meet everybody. But we've been talking about learning from the past and building from the future, okay? Uh, you gave me a scripture in Judges chapter 10, uh, or Judges chapter 3, I believe. I believe it's chapter, oh, chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 10. Uh, there's different translations. This one, I, I read it in a different translation. I couldn't find it again uh, where I liked what it said. Mine says this. It says, and also, <coughs> excuse me, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. In other words, they passed away. Okay? It's talking about this generation. How many of you remember about what happened in Egypt? Moses. Okay? Every Easter, you see the movie, right? You know what's going on. Okay, well, these people... Went out. It was supposed to be a 40-day trip. Turned out to be a 40-year trip to get to the promised land. Okay? Well, what happened was all of that generation that came out, the older generation, they passed away. And now it was a new generation coming in. And now, all of a sudden, this is what's going on. They all they, they died in the sight of the Lord. Okay? Uh, and, and were gathered with their fathers. Watch what happened next. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Isn't that sad? God, the miracles that God did by bringing people out of the land of Egypt, by bringing them out of slavery, by bringing them out of all these things, captivity and all these things. And they didn't get it. It was a loss. It, it was lost, Pastor Kerry. All, all the things that were taught to them by God, to their, to their fathers. The fathers, for some reason, didn't turn around and teach it to their children. And they died. And now this whole generation um, is different. And they're lost. Yeah, and I think it's important to emphasize uh, important detail. The reason why that whole generation passed. Number one, they, made, they had a horrible habit of complaining nonstop. But also, they had a lot of fear in them. Mm -hmm. They didn't trust God. So when Joshua and Caleb went out to inspect the land, mm -hmm. 
they spread fear. The ones that there was 12 of them that went, 10 of them came back and said, there's no way we can conquer that land. There's no way we can take that land. And so because they spread fear to that entire group of people that God had brought out of Egypt. You've seen the Prince of Egypt. You've seen, you know, that Moses movie. Um, we saw, I mean, you read in scripture what God did in Egypt, the plagues. You saw how he provided for his people when he delivered them out of Egypt. And the Bible says that they were so filled with fear that God basically said, you know what? Your generation that I brought out is not going to enter the promised land, period. Because you're too full of fear. You complain nonstop and you, just, just enough of that. So what happened was that entire generation, the Bible says that he just read, passed away. Okay? And the Bible says that the generation after that, when they came up, they had no idea who God was and the power and what he had did for them this whole time. That's sad. Mm -hmm. That's sad. Because what happened was, just like you said, there was no discipleship. There was no teaching their children and the children behind them who God was and all that God had did for them. Period. And yeah. so that, that, to really put into context, that's what is being written here. It said, listen, there was a whole generation who passed away. And now the generation behind them, they had no idea. I love the way it says here in the New King James, it says, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. That is just crazy when you think about it. You think about the plagues in Egypt. You think about the parting of the, the sea. You think about all these things, and this generation behind them had no idea that God had did any of this for them. That's right. That's right. That's crazy. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons that uh, I made so strongly the point on Sunday that I made to the parents, saying, parents, you're important to your children's faith. You're important to uh, your children's future. You're important to your children's uh, uh, miracles and, and generational course, all these stuff. You're important because if, if you don't teach them, they're going to grow up and they're not going to know about God. Okay? About God. But also, Pastor Kerry, I want to take it a step further. That's why it's also very important that as a family, as a church family, it's very important that we also teach about what God has done here and the miracles that he's done in the past. Okay? I know my kids probably sometimes get tired of hearing the same story. Okay, Dad, I know, I know. I know what your father went through. I know what he battled with. I know what your grandfather battled with. I know why i got to be careful. Okay, but it's repetitive because they have to know what's coming ahead so that they don't become a generation like this. Same thing with, with the ministry. I know sometimes, it, you know, you, you get tired maybe of me hearing things that God did as we were growing. You, you, maybe some of you have said, oh, you know, okay, Pastor, we've heard the story. We know how you started. You started this day. Every, every December we hear the same thing. But it's important. It's important because we have to learn from the past and build towards the future. And if we don't know, then... We're not going to value what God is doing right now, right here. Because let me tell you something. How many of you know that in our families, the generations before us, they paid a price? Every generation got better. Every generation got better, hopefully. Okay? And they paid a price for that. Some of our generations in the past suffered through, um, uh, uh, what do you call that, segregation, um, Harsh treatment, hard work, I mean, just, just different things, you know, far from the rights that we've had, okay? And they've, they've worked to get a better life for us and for those before us. And then our kids, I know my kids, have it made in the shade, man. 
I know they may not think about that they do, but they do. Okay? Check this out, Pastor Kerry. I worked out in the fields in the summer, but then when it came time for my kids to get ready to go work out in the fields, guess what? My mama didn't let them. That, I just don't understand that. That ain't fair, man. Anyway, that's a debate that me and my mom have. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Same thing happened here. Do you know that, that Hispanic churches, black churches, we didn't have the luxury of having the buildings we have like right now back in the day? And it's not that they couldn't afford it or they didn't want to do something. It's that they were kept down. Okay? So when you come in here and you say, oh, you know, look at, look, look at our building. Yeah, look at our building. Praise God. But you know somebody paid a price for that? I can tell you of a lot of leaders, members that worked hard to get this place here. I can tell you, uh, you know, I, I could sit here all day and tell you of a lot of things that pastor had to go through as a pastor, even forsaken his family at a time, uh, for the gospel. Because you got to understand, back in the day, we were taught as pastors. Pastor Kerry, you got it made, man. Because back in the day, I mean, if you didn't drop everything you were doing for the church, you're going to hell, Pastor. Yeah. Am I, am I right, Pastor Furman? I mean, are you serious? You're not going to go pray for that? You're going to go to your son's baseball game? You're going to hell, Pastor. How can you be a pastor? And we paid a dear price for that. A lot of pastors lost their families. Okay. So we got to learn from the past and build for the future. So right quick, I'm going to interview you, Pastor Kerry, all right? Here's the deal. Why is this important? Well, it's important because we need to learn how to honor, like you just said, those who have come before. Like, for example, my generation on down. It's important for us to know that so that we can honor those in the past for who, like you said, who have laid the foundation and built and had a big hand in what we have and what we're able to do as a ministry here today. Because here's the thing, one thing that I see in my generation on down, it's like we ha we've forgotten, we just don't honor those that come before us. That's right. We don't understand, like we're standing on the shoulders of so many people who have come before us, in all honesty. Mm -hmm. So because of that, we don't, we don't respect, we don't honor, it's just like all oh, their old fashioned, uh, you know, they don't do things for, but the thing is, is like, you don't understand one thing that I've learned here specifically. Like there's 40 years. I'm 40 years old. So there was things when I was born that were starting here. Sure. I have no idea what took place. But over the years since being on staff here and, and working with the pastoral team, I've learned that there's a lot of stuff that has happened in the past that has benefited me today. Yes. And so it's important for us to understand that and know that, and most importantly, to pass it on to what's next. Yeah. Because, again, 40 years from now, people need to know, hey, how pastor started this ministry? The senior pastor, the, founder, the founding pastor, when he left Rawls and he came to Lubbock and he, he basically was here and said, I'm not going back until mm -hmm. God does something. And they need to know that story because guess what? That's why we're here today. And it's important for us to learn that and honor that as well. Because here's the thing. If we don't honor that, then we don't honor God. Because God is the one who moved in him and brought him here. And yes. we've all benefited tremendously from the word of the Lord here in this ministry because of that. That's and so right. it's so important for us to learn from the past because it will only help us build for the future. Because what we don't want is exactly like scripture shows here, is that we don't want a generation behind us, in front, that comes behind us 
who has no idea what God has done in and through this ministry, period. Yeah. We don't want them to be like, oh, it's so stupid. No, we want them to honor that. We want them to honor that and carry that, um, that, that baton onto the next generation yes. as well. So. You know, a lot of people, you know, praise God, there's a lot of churches and even us today, man, we, we've sometimes got the luxury of, man, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's raise so much money and let's have this department fixed, this, that, whatever. You know, when Pastor started, um, he would take off one hat and put on another, take off that hat, put on another, you know. Uh, when I got here, it was the same thing, you know. I remember having uh, a couple of sets of, of, of change of clothes here, Pastor Kerry, because, oh, we got to go visit somebody in the hospital. So back in the day, we showed up all, all like we were about to preach on a Sunday morning, man. I mean, I'd go to the hospital with a zoot suit. Can you believe that? Because that's, that's just what you're supposed to do, Okay. Anyway, that's pastorally. But anyway, um, so I would change, look like a pastor, go pray for people at the hospital with pastor. Then we'd come back, and we're still working on a project of tearing down a wall because that was, the, that was the, the construction crew, was us. So we'd change clothes. We'd be the construction crew. Then we'd change clothes because we got a, a meeting with some uh, people that are coming in that we're going to be ministering to or they're going to minister or just uh, 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 missionaries, whatever. We change back again. I mean, we're just, there was a lot of different hats that were worn and there was a lot of things that we did. You know, people don't realize a, a lot of the countless hours, uh, things that we would, that, that we've encountered along the way. Uh, and there's a lot of other people, not just pastor, not just myself. Uh, there's a lot of things you've done that people don't know about in the youth that, have, that help youth. Uh, Brother Robert's done a lot of things I know of. Pastor Furman and his wife have done a lot of things. M my dad and my mom, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, for a while they were known as the Ghostbusters. In other words, you know, because back in the day, for some reason, there was a, just a lot of manifestations of evil spirits that needed to be cast out. And, and, and when it came for that time, guess who they called? Ghostbusters. That is a really cool nickname. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Yeah. And they would go, they'd cast out devils and do this, do that, whatever, restore families, help break generational curses, this and that, whatever. And I'm not leaving anybody out. There's a lot of you that have been here for a lot of years that, that we're talking about that we need to honor. You know, For saying? those of you who just joined the church, there's people that you don't even know existed that yeah. are benefiting, benefiting from the hard work that they put in. People that you've never met on this side of eternity on this side but you'll one day meet them on the other side of eternity that yeah. man if you just knew their stories like pastor janie's husband yeah brother chubby he did so much for the ministry some of you who just came to the church never got the chance to meet him but man he was an amazing man some of you never had the opportunity to meet renee i had the opportunity to work with, alongside with renee yeah, for many years in the youth ministry you never if you never got the chance to shake his hand get to know him let me tell you something, that, that man did so much for this ministry that so many of y'all, have been, your, your children and the youth ministry right now are benefiting from that. But there's so <laughs> many people like that. That's why it's so important for us to understand the beginning, the history, so that we can honor that and also carry that into the future. Because also what, what we've learned from the past is there was a standard that was set several years ago right that has helped us to get to where we are today and will help us continue yeah. and so i believe it's so so important for us to honor that because again when we do that we're ultimately honoring god yes you know what i'm saying we're ultimately honoring god who has established this church 
who established the founding pastor because there was a need in this area for a ministry and God orchestrated it and made it happen this way. And so it's so important for us to honor that because ultimately in the big picture, we're honoring the one who put everything and established everything. That's right. See what I'm saying? That's right. Uh, Pastor Sam's been here for almost, were you here? Well, you were at Sherman, right? You started in Sherman. Yeah, you started way over there. And then we have remnants of, that are still from Rawls, members that are still from, from Rawls that still came and they stuck around and did great things in Rawls and then in here. Praise God for that. You know, a lot of you didn't get to meet uh, John Boy's parents. They were part of the, the, the cause in, in Rawls that fluctuated this way, okay? So there's a lot that we don't know. And here's the wonderful thing about this, Pastor Kerry. Here, here's what I like. You know, here are the last couple of months. Uh, uh, pastors uh, asked us to, to help them out and lead the church and keep things going. And, and I'm kind of organizing things and trying to, to keep things going as well. But I'm going to tell you, it's been easy because P pastor laid that foundation down. And it's been easy because the people that we have right now in our board are people that have been there for years, that are people of honor. I say people of honor because when you get people that are here for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, 35 years, that's honor. Can I get an amen for that? That's honor. And so you know that people like that in the board that stay that long, there's a connection. You see what I'm saying? And we're believing that God is going to do some great things. But we've got to honor. Amen? Honor is so important for us to build for the future. Just bottom line. It really, truly is. It's so, so important for us to continue to build for the future honors. Mm -hmm. It's so major key. And we know, we know, you know, those of us on the board, we know what God has done. We know what God did. We, we saw the miracles. We saw this. We saw that. And that's why we stuck around. But it's our job to remind you so that you can continue and you can believe God and your children can believe God and do some great things. Perfect example. Um, 2020, there was, after 2020, the graduating class of 2020 in the youth ministry, 2021 uh, on, there was a whole new wave of kids in the youth ministry, okay? Upstairs in the youth ministry now, I mean, uh, when I was up there, there was like pool tables, foosball tables. We had a game room. We had like these big old, there was a lot of really cool stuff up there for the kids to go and hang out. Of course, when this new generation came up, it was like no big deal to them because they thought, oh, it's just always been here. <laughs> No, it was not always there, okay? It was not always there, all right? There was, a serious, there was a serious process for us to get to that room, to that space, to have what we had up there for the teenagers. And so, like, I would constantly remind them and show them pictures, like, look, you have to understand, we actually used to have youth over here where, where the flag girls meet now. That's where I started. That's where the youth ministry was with Sam, was the youth pastor, and then when we outgrew that room, we had to move downstairs. This was before it was the coffee shop. It was called the Fellowship Hall, and it did not look like that, all right? It did not look like that at all. Some of y'all who were here before the renovations downstairs know what it looked like, okay? And then we outgrew, we, actually what happened was we got too loud back there. 
because it was right <laughs> next to the sanctuary. And so it was like, we got to do something with them. Go out, kids, because it started to grow more. So they moved us upstairs. But I wanted to get the kids to understand. I said, look, you don't understand. You guys didn't always have this. So appreciate it. Because there was a lot of teenagers and a lot of youth leaders who sacrificed and worked a lot for y'all to have what you have now. And so again, it all goes back to the same, to the same principle of honoring, okay? From the very beginning, okay? From where pastor started, what God did in, get, did in through him to where the ministry is today so that we can continue to build for the future. Amen. Praise God. Let's talk about six ways that we can honor the Lord. Okay, give me, give, give me number one, Pastor Kerry. Oh, six ways. The first one is we can honor the Lord by honoring his house. We can honor the Lord by honoring his house. <laughs> I know this isn't youth ministry, but upstairs when I was the youth pastor, we used to have three house rules. It was three simple house rules. Number one, we're going to honor God. In other words, uh, when someone's speaking, you're not speaking. When someone's in authority, you're, you're honoring his house by listening to the person who's on the stage ministering the word of God. All right. Number two was we're going to honor his house. What we meant by that was keeping the place clean. We're not your mom and dad. Clean up after yourself. Take care of what God has blessed us with. And then number three, we're going to honor each other. In other words, we were going to touch each other out of love or hate. All right. So just keep your hands <laughs> to yourself. Don't be throwing punches. This isn't the place for all that. Honor. Yes. Right. We're going to honor his house. OK. And I believe one of the best ways we can honor God is to honor his house. OK. Take care of what God yes. has blessed us with. All right. Be uh, be someone who, you know, just honors the house. I mean, nothing in this building was was just free. It costs money. You know, and so we should honor one way we can honor God is by honoring his house, by serving in his house, by building uh, the kingdom of God and just honoring his house. Man. Amen. Uh, I've had the privilege of working here uh, for 30 years and one of one, some of my first duties were were actually taking care of the maintenance building of the house, you know. And uh, I'm gonna tell you something. At the very beginning, I wasn't very good at it. I wasn't very good at cleaning, you know. And back in the day, back in the day, uh, we had Sister Mata with us. A, a lot of you may not have ever met her. That was uh, uh, Sister Mati's uh, mother. Okay. And back in the day, when I started past Carrie, she was very active, and she could get around everywhere. And I didn't like that, man, because I tried to sweep things under the rug, and she would find them, all right? And she would go and tell uh, Sister Madi, hey, that boy didn't clean right. You, talk, you know how you talk about how people would get a white glove and go around? She literally took a white glove and went around. And I'm like, I cleaned that, you know? But you got to remember, I'm a 20-year-old young man, okay, and, 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 and I'm cleaning, and I didn't do a very good job of it. But by learning to honor the house and by learning to work under her, work under Pastor, work under Sister Mati, work under Pastor Jean, all these people, it helped me to learn why it's important to take care of the house, why it's important, because it's actually honoring God. Amen. It, it's actually honoring God. And so when you look around, you know, uh, hey, listen, this is not just, uh, you know, people say, hey, is uh, things going at Pastor Nettleson's church? It's not, it's not just his church. It's your church, too. And it's God's house. And we should take pride in that and honor God 
And one of the things that I've learned, Pastor Kerry, is, is just uh, honoring his house will bless your house. Right. Amen. Amen. Number two. Number two is one, uh, another way we can honor God is through tithes and offerings. You know, I know we just took up a tithes and offerings, and I've always said it like this. Tithing isn't giving. Tithing is bringing. Yes. It's returning what always was God's to begin with. Okay? That's just the bottom line. Uh, the Bible teaches us that God gives us the ability to create wealth. But here's the thing. When people say, you know, I'm self-made, I'm self-made. No, you're not. Because you didn't create the brain that you have. You didn't create the hands that you have. You didn't create the body. You didn't create none of the stuff, none of that, for you to go out and get a job. God gave you everything that we have today, right? He gave us the favor to go out and get a job. He gave us the favor with our bosses to get raises, all of that, okay? And so God is the one who blesses us and gives us everything. And so rightfully so, one of the ways that we can honor him is by returning to him what is rightfully his, and what he has asked of us in Scripture. Malachi chapter 3, bring the tenth, bring the tithe, bring the first 10% belongs to God. I give 10% even before the government, all right? That includes like, like taxes as well. Like God gets first, period, okay? And so I truly believe if we're going to honor God, it's so, so important that we also honor him with our finances, with tithes and offerings. I've always believed that. And again, I've shared this before. I struggled with this for many years until God really got a hold of me. And when he talks about how honoring the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of everything that, that you have. And so, yeah, honoring God with our tithes and offerings is, a, is such an important way to honoring God every single day. Amen. You know, and I know we live in a world sometimes that you, you think, our, our mind thinks, okay, if I can start making a whole lot more money somehow, then I'll be able to get out of debt. I'll be able to uh, pay for this home. I'll be able to do this. I'll be able to do it. If I can just get more money, and that's not the reality sometimes. But I'll tell you one way that you can get ahead, and that's by honoring God. And I can tell you because, I, you know, I've never made the, the big-time money that some people make or that some of you guys make. But one thing that I've done is I've honored God in everything everything especially finances and i'm going to tell you something and, and i'm going to tell you with with a grain of salt not bragging or anything because uh, some people said they were offended when i spoke about this but i'm not meaning to offend anybody but the bottom line is angela and i have been able to live a life without debt debt free everything we have we own god's given it to us okay and we haven't owned it because we had the money to pay for it we had it because we honored God, and God will honor you. I mean, when you're willing to work for years and get up at, at, at 6, 7 in the morning and be up here to run production and get things ready for everybody else and staff who came in and then leave around uh, 5 to go have supper with your kids, watch them play t-ball, put them to bed, 9 o'clock, come back up here and work till 2 o'clock in the morning and still honor God and still without getting paid hourly, because if I would have got paid hourly, I would have made the bucks, man. Woo, I would have been banking. But regardless of what I was paid, those are the hours that I took on for many, 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 many years. Okay? And what happens when you do that? You honor God, God honors you, and I'm here to tell you, man, Angela and I live in freedom. 
I mean, it's awesome. And we can work for God. The only way we can work for God and to work and, and work for you by working for God is because we're debt free. And that didn't happen because of a lot of money. It happened through honoring God. Yeah, and if you remember the scripture that we shared in Judges uh, chapter 2, um, when we talked about how there was a generation that passed and then a generation that came up behind them that had no idea who God was and what he did. I had no idea what tithing was until I got to Houston. It's the first time I really, I mean, obviously I heard it here in this ministry. I'm not saying when I was a teenager. I'd obviously heard of it. But in my home growing up, I love my father, but he never taught me the importance of tithing. And so I didn't really understand the importance and learning, like having the revelation of tithing until I was an adult when I got into the scriptures on my own. And so again, parents, it's so, so important for you to teach your children the importance of what God's word says and to how to honor God with their finances, period. Yeah. We took up tithes and offerings in the youth ministry when I was a youth pastor because we wanted, I, and I would, we would teach on it because we wanted our children, we wanted the teens to understand, like, listen, you need to start learning how to handle finances even as a teenager because some of them had jobs yeah. making good money too. It was yeah. crazy. And, and that's one thing that I've, I've taught my kids is I've always told them, look, the only way we have what we have, guys, is because your mom and I have given to God from the beginning. We've honored God. We've honored God, and we've honored the men of God in our life, the men and women of God in our life. And that's one thing that I've taught them all the time. Don't ever disrespect men and women of God. And when they were younger, if they would just pop off and say, hey, yeah, Dad, I talked to Furman. I said, who? Uh, pa Pastor Furman. Okay, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Because it's about honor, okay? And I wasn't that kind of parent that would just be like, well, well, hey, you know, I, I don't care if you're Pastor Sam. Hey, don't you talk to my kid. No, no, no. If Pastor Sam talked to my kid like that, it's because he probably deserved it. Okay? Because we had, a, we had this generation of parents that nobody could tell them nothing. Back in the day, back in the day, Pastor would be preaching under the Holy Ghost, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you guys, y'all need to sit down, settle down. Somebody needs to get down. And you know what? They would get them, and they would chill out, whatever. And you know what? They're still serving God today. You do that in this generation? Do that in this generation? Oh, nobody talks to my baby like that. You know, it's amazing. Spiritual authority, like pastors and youth leaders and things like that, can't do that. But basketball coaches, football coaches... Volleyball coaches, oh, rip into my kid all you want. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, Trey, did Pastor ever get on to you when you were a kid? He did, huh? I think I remember a couple of times. Bro, I remember one time I was a teenager. I was sitting right over there, and we were <laughs> passing notes. And he was like, hey, hey, stop passing notes. As a matter of fact, bring that note up here. There was an <laughs> usher who came and got it. And I was like, yeah, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Somebody else told me that Pastor got on him when they were kids. Who was that? Was that you, Aaron? No, somebody else. John Boy. Was it? It was probably John Boy. John. They would make them sit up here. John Boy. They make you sit up here. Golly, man. <laughs> sit up here, bro. <laughs> but listen, it, 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 what we're what we're saying here is, you know, I, I thank God that. These teachings were brought to me by those that were over me, like pastor and those over me, my parents, 
I passed them on to my kids, and it brought life to them. We want to teach you to be able to bring life into you and into your family and into your family's family. That's what we're trying to do, to bring that life. Amen? Number three. Time. Honor the Lord with your time. You know, in the same way I believe God gets the first in our finances, I truly also believe that God gets the first in our time. I believe he gets the first in our, for me, for me. And I've had this conversation with you. You know, um, I'm not trying to be like overly religious, but I refuse to start my day any other way than spending time with God in his word, prayer, and worship. No matter how early it is. So, so like right now, um, I have to be at work at 4.30 a.m. every day. So for me, my day starts at 3 a.m. every single day because I refuse to start my day without spending time in God's word, in prayer, and worship. That's how my day starts. He will always get the first in my life, period. I'm going to honor him with my time every day, no matter what. No matter how tired I am, no matter what time I went to bed, my alarms are set, 3 a.m., get up, get over there, get in the word, because God gets first. Now, I'm not saying you have to be like me and wake up at 3 a.m., but I'm saying I truly believe that when we honor God with our time first, man, he really does take care of us. And he really does. I mean, he just shows us things and, and just takes care of us. So I truly believe we should honor God with our time in word, worship, and prayer. And listen, you can't come tell me I don't have time to get into God's word. Yes, you do. All right. And trust me, if, if I can, you can. Okay, seriously. So I, I truly believe that we... Honor God. We need to honor God also with our time. We need to honor God with our time. Because um, in a world today where everything is so busy, fast-paced, we just kind of forget, hey, I did not spend time with God today. Or we only depend on Wednesdays and Sundays to yeah. spend time with God. And the reality is, man, we should be spending time with God every single day. Yes. Every day. Yes. Every day. Yeah. Period. I mean, but, and like I said, for me, it's the, it's the start of my day. Okay. But I just believe that we need to honor God even with our time. Amen. And, you know, when you, don't have to, when you don't have to work, when you get privileged to not have to work on a Sunday or a Wednesday, and you come, I don't want you to take that lightly. Well, I'm just going to church. No, no, no. That's an honor. To, you're honoring God because you could do anything else with your time. You know, back in the day for a while, there was a generation that started saying, well, uh, you know, Sunday is my family time. And they lost their family. Okay, uh, but when you don't have to work, because I understand sometimes we have to work, but when you don't have to work and you choose to be here tonight, you choose to be here on a Sunday, that's honoring God. So I want you to know, man, you know what? I'm here because I honor God. I want you to know God's going to honor that. You know, God's going to honor that. When you pray, you say, God, you know, when you call a meeting, I'm there. And I'm just, I'm just believing for your miracles. You got to always remember God wants you to remind him of his covenants with him all the time. Number four, love others. Peter, what does your sweater say? Love them anyway. I saw that earlier, dude, and I love that. You know, one of the greatest ways we can show the world who Jesus is is just by loving others. People will yeah. know we're Christians by the way we love others. That's just the bottom. I love that, man. I saw it. I was like, love them anyway. 
And it's hard to love them anyway. Let's be honest. <laughs> it really, truly is. It's hard to love them anyway sometimes. Yeah. Like, it really is. And, and I'm just being just a, I'm being a human being, just being honest. Sometimes it's hard to love the person that honks at you when you're going 45 and they're wanting to go 60 and they're just riding your tail honking and you're just like, I'm not going to speed up for you, bro. Yeah. But it's like, love them anyway. You know, but I truly believe one of the ways we honor God is by loving everybody, just loving others, you know, regardless of where they come from, what, path, what walk of life they come from, where they are in life, whether they're rich, whether they don't have money, whether they're, you know, from the same cultural background or not. I truly believe one of the greatest ways we can honor God is by loving others. Because guess what? That's exactly who, how Jesus was when he walked this earth. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is God loved me at my worst. Yeah. He loved us all at our worst. Okay. And so all the more reason for us to reflect that and be that light in this world as well by just loving others. And you know what? We honor God when we do that as well. That's right. Number five. Number five is honoring God with our talents. Every single person in here has talents of some kind. Um, and I believe one of the greatest things we can do is honor God with our talents. Okay. Uh, specifically here within the ministry, so many people, man, they have so many talents, but they just... I'll be honest, just sit every single Sunday and refuse to get serving or involved somewhere, right? And it's just like, man, why? You know, why? God has, get, God, when he created you, he put some, he put a talent or two or three in you specifically to build his kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. Not to just sit on the sideline and let 5, 10, 15, 20 years pass us by. Mm -hmm. He gave us a talent for a reason, to build his kingdom. Yes. All right? And so I truly believe one of the greatest things we can do is honor God with our talents. Yes. Just bottom line, some of you are artists, some of you are singers, some of you are musicians, some of you are really good with leadership, some I mean, talents across the board, but we just encourage you, hey, honor God with your talents. How? By getting plugged in and involved here within the local church. Some of you are encouragers. Yeah. Use that, you know. We're going to be talking about that in the Ministry of Helps. So many areas in the Ministry of Helps that you're going to be amazed. You're going to be like, wow, I can do that, you know? And uh, we're just going to get into that in January. But we've got a lot of things. Speaking of talents, we've got uh, a, a Valentine's banquet that you can get involved in in February. Jump in there, uh, add a little bit of help, whatever. Uh, we've got a conference coming up in March. Just different things that are coming up that you can honor God with your talent. Mm -hmm. Number uh, six. Live honorably among unbelievers. Wow. Live honorably among unbelievers. Jesus said it best, be a light in the dark and be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to, people should see how we live and be like, man, I don't, I don't know how you do it. Like, how is it that you're so peaceful when everybody's acting a fool? Mm -hmm. How is it that you are so nice when that person just cussed you out? <laughs> right? How yeah. is it? That you can sweep and mop with a smile when they made this huge... How is it possible? Scripture teaches, man, we're supposed to be the light and the dark and the salt of the earth. Sure. People should see us as an example to, to, to them. I mean, honestly, people should look at our lives and be inspired, in all honesty. Um, I, I, I really try hard. You know, people are always like, stop calling me sir, ma'am. That's just... I just believe in being respectful in yes, that sir. way. You know, yes, yes sir, sir, no, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Every now and then I'll slip and I'll, I'll have to remind myself, hey, stop. 
but I just truly believe that we should live honorably among unbelievers. Because here's the thing. I've always believed this. People, people who don't go to church and people who don't read the Bible, you may be the only church and Bible they ever see mm. in the world. Mm. And so how you behave and how you are in this world speaks volumes. Seriously. Speaks volumes. And so I truly believe one of the one of the ways we can honor God is by living honorably among unbelievers, people mm-hmm. who don't believe in God, mm-hmm. because that's one of the great, because here's the thing, how, how, do, how, do, how did he say it? People don't care what you say until they, until they see how you care about them. Yeah. I think that's how, it was, how, how I heard it once. You know, and so it's so important, man, you can preach all day to people, but if you treat them like trash, why are they going to listen to anything you say? Yeah. But if you love them unconditionally the way Christ loved us, then they'll start listening to what it is we have to say. Yeah. And if you're a new believer, if you're a new believer and you're like, man, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I blew it. Uh, I took a couple steps back. I told, I told this guy off at work, man. It's okay. Repent. Go back. Say, hey, man, I screwed up. I shouldn't have talked like that to you. I messed up. I'm trying to do better. But God's still working on me, man. You know, it'll never happen again, man. And I'm telling you what, you could probably win that person by doing that than, than, than by just beating yourself up all day, you know. Because there are some people that will mess up and be like, oh, you know, I'm just not growing. I, I messed up. I can't do this. No, no, no. Just, hey, we all mess up. We all mess up. We're just starting. But let's work on that. Amen? And let's live honorably among unbelievers. Uh, there was a scripture in 1 Corinthians, and we'll finish up with this. Nate, you can get started. Man, can you believe Nate came up here around two minutes before he, he, he gave us a lot more time, man? He's using his talents. <laughs> uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. In other words, what Paul was saying was, Hey, I'm honoring God. You guys just be imitators of me. Follow my lead because I'm going to follow Christ. Isn't that awesome? Can I read it in this translation? Absolutely. It says, you must follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Well, that's good. So we want to encourage you, church. One of the reasons that we speak and we talk about honor is because we've seen what it's done in our lives. Okay? It's not just something to say or something religious. We've seen what it happens in our life. Uh, there's a scripture in Genesis that talks about Abraham, the father of our faith. It says, God tells Abraham this, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. That word, I want you to know today, still has the same power as it did back then. And when you honor those above you, around you, especially those above you, man, I'm telling you what, God will bless you. Okay? And be very, very careful because also those that you curse, that's, that's going to come back on you as well. It's not called karma. It's called the word of God. Okay? So always remember that. Okay? Always remember that. If you get so frustrated one day with Pastor Kerry, what you can do is say, God, I don't know why Pastor Kerry's doing that, but... I'm going to give them to you, and I'm going to pray for them, and I pray that you bless them. I'm going to tell you something. God's going to bless your life, and he's going to take care of him if he's wrong. Same thing with me. See that? It's happened in our lives, and it's called honor. Amen?
God is good, and we want you to be blessed. Amen? Wrap this up, Pastor Kerry. Yeah, I just want to just close with this too, Pastor Chris. Learning from the past and building for the future. Man, let's continue to build a church of honor, a culture of honor that just honors everything that God has been doing in this ministry over the years. You know what I'm saying? I just believe that's so important. Um, thank you all for watching uh, this podcast. And if you want to rewatch it, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, uh, MNV Lubbock, or you can catch it on our Facebook page, uh, Ministerios Nueva Vida, every Thursday, 7 p.m. Or you can listen to it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and all other uh, platforms like that, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Amen. Praise God. God.